to Eternal Love of Spirit podcast with me, Laura Rubio. Stay tuned to learn all about the afterlife, mediumship and different types of healing modalities. You will meet some of today's finest mediums and healers who are leaving the world a little better with their contributions to the field of intuitive arts. I extend you a warm welcome and I thank you for being here. Hello, welcome. Today we have Megan Elisa. She is an evidential psychic medium. She is a teacher of mediumship and a mentor to many. Megan doesn't take herself very serious, but she does take her mediumship work very serious. And I want to give you a lovely welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll just see where the time moves us. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, we'll let the story flow and yeah. it will go, you know, spirit always lead us to mm-hmm. talk about whatever we need to. Yep. And so you know all about spirit. This is not your first rodeo. You are very well developed and I was following you on TikTok and I know you have like over a quarter of a million followers. So, you know, you're well known. But um, before we get into all that fun and juicy stuff, do you want to tell me a little bit about little Megan and who you were and where you grew up? Sure. Um, Well, first, I'll just say I don't think I know everything about spirit. (laughs) I think I'm always learning. But I I have felt always a sense of seeking in some way in my life. You know, Um, I wasn't raised in a religious household, but I found myself seeking that, you know, wanting to go to other people's churches and wanting to explore spirituality. I always felt myself drawn to anything to do with the spirit world, like mediumship shows and things to do about ghost hunting and oddly crystal balls, like weird things that I'm just like, I don't know why I like these things, but I do. Um, and then, you know, I had like many mediums had experiences throughout their lives. Now I didn't realize at the time what that meant essentially, right? The things that I experienced um, throughout my life, it didn't really dawn on me that it meant I could do mediumship or that I was in some way working psychically or, you know, mediumistically uh, until, until that time. Uh, And I, and I really contribute that to a couple of things. One, our society and the way they show mediumship and psychism and how, you know, we think there's going to be a floating head there, you know, like, uh, or someone standing there talking to us or seeing full body apparitions in some way. And for most people, that isn't the case. You know, some people may see things I found on occasion. I had different experiences again, like I couldn't really explain it, but also my mom, whenever I would bring up things, I was told it was a coincidence. So I didn't have the support. I didn't have the people that would understand not until later in life. So, I mean, that's, you know, and and I grew up with a lot of trauma. I grew up a lot of, um, it wasn't an easy beginnings for me. I was very, very sensitive as a child. I I would say I'm still pretty sensitive now, honestly, Uh, but I've grown into myself and I really have to contribute that mostly to my mediumship development. I really mean that. Um, my mediumship development has shown me the potential for who I am. It has helped me to find myself in a new way and the more, um, I guess 
spiritual way of like my true self, I guess I have to say it like that. I don't know how else to say it, but it's, it's, um, it's helped me in every aspect of my life, not just, you know, in my abilities to bring through spirits and to get to work with people, which is obviously fabulous. And I love it, but it's, it's been so very um, moving for my life. And obviously we know that mediumship is a byproduct of spiritualizing yourself and understanding yourself, right. Getting to know who you are and who you are as a spirit. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of mediums were sensitive little kids that yeah. keeps coming up over and over. Uh, lately, I've just been realizing through my own mediumship development that I'm getting more sensitive, not as sensitive to spirit, but sensitive in my emotional body. Yeah. And I'm like, enough already. <laughs> I know. And that comes up for a lot of my students also. I have a lot of people that get to a certain place in their development. And then all of a sudden it feels like, oh my God, everything, everything, you know, about their emotions and all the things happening around them and how, how much of an impact that really has when, because what happens as a medium, when you're in development is you start to become much more aware of not just the mind, but the body, right. And the energetic systems and how you're feeling and all those sort of sensitivities that a lot of people walk around ignoring, and so um, it's a, it's a part of like learning how to manage that, right? How to, how to realize that you're actually quite empowered through, you know, your own energy to have positive impacts on other people to not necessarily have to pick up on every little thing that everyone else is feeling and every little thing that's happening around you uh, to realize you have more control over that than you, you, than you ever realized you did. Yeah, absolutely. And you just touched on the scary parts like if someone's listening in and they don't really know anything about mediumship you know they do have that sense they could have that sense of what Hollywood portrays but I mean it does happen because I had a full body apparition when I first woke up to this world but I do have to say it was not scary at all it was so gentle and so loving and so that is how spirit is right yes very much um you know, I, I think it's very unfortunate that there's so many people that walk around with fear to do with the spirit world, uh, because I know, and you know that how loving they are and how wonderful they are and how much effort they put in to try to let us know they're around us, that they're supporting us and all of that. And so, um, my hope is that through doing things like this and educating people, you know, on TikTok and YouTube or whatever, is that they start to realize how much the world has shaped their view of spirit and it's not actually coming from their own perception of what they've experienced, if that makes sense. That because makes sense. And, and a lot of people have experiences where like, okay, for you, you felt that love, you felt that peace, right? That came to you with that experience. Some people that may come from a different background may have an experience like that, where they then add fear to that, even despite, you know, that feeling that came from spirit, they may filter that through, you know, their religious perspective or a movie that they recently saw or some story someone told them. And so they don't always realize that they are shaping and concluding these kind of experiences to be shaped into something negative or scary for themselves unnecessarily. Oh yes, absolutely. Through their own filter, right? very much wow so would you say there's a lot of misinterpretation out there so let's just say tiktok right i know i've I've watched a lot of your videos (laughs) and i feel like you're there to really change the scene 
I hope you know, so. <laughs> I really do hope so. I mean, we know there's always going to be some element of every little thing, uh, you know, out there. We're, we're going to see a varying scale in every category of life because it's yes. a part of our life here, right? We're, so we're going to mm-hmm. see net more negative things. We're going to see more positive things. We're going to see something in between. And it's all meant to be there, right? It's all a part of it. But sometimes those voices that are more negative and sensationalist, they end up getting a lot more views, right? They end up getting a lot more followers and views. So it becomes a little bit uneven as far as the education that's being put out there around how that affects these people's belief systems, right? And a lot of the people that are out there educating, unless they've gone, like, unless they're actually mediums, they've gone through development, right? A lot of these people are talking from a perspective outside of actually working with the spirit world, right? They're talking from something they've heard about, or they're trying to get views. They're, you know, trying to be sensationalist. And so that's a part of their goal. And so that's where we need, you know, people like you, Laura, and people like me and other, you know, other people out there to talk about the truth and reality of the spirit world from a perspective of someone that actually works with the spirit world in a way that we can provide evidence for that. Right. So the part of being a medium is, is that we provide evidence. We're not just saying, Oh, I, I talked to spirits, right. We're not just saying this, we can actually provide evidence to back up what we're saying. And so we can talk about what we've learned from the spirit world. We can talk about our experiences with the spirit world. And, you know, this is many, many people over many generations that can say that this is the truth about the spirit world. Right. So it's, it's just something that we're, we're having to face. Um, especially now where social media is just so you get the information right away, you know, and it's a little, it's a hard, but at the same time, we know we can't stop that from happening. It's going to happen. And so what we just have to do is just keep putting out the voice of truth and that's all you can do. Yes. And you're doing a very good job of it. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yes. One video in particular where you suggested that, you know, there's a lot of videos on there that people are just offering out readings to anybody. And something you said really resonated with me. And you you said, but who's given their permission for that? Yeah. Like who has asked for that reading? So that was kind of like really a boundary people are crossing. Yes. And that's very important to have that discipline, right? It is. And I think too, um, you know, <laughs> again, coming back to development, you learn very very first off is that how important it is to step outside of your ego, right? To not put your ego first. It's not, this work is for other people, right? This is a service. This isn't about building up your acclaim or look what I can do, you know, which is what these kinds of things are when someone's saying, oh, I'm going to read, you know, LeBron James, or I'm going to Lizzo or whoever, right? I'm going to, I'm going into their energy and I'm going to start saying all these personal things about them to the public. Well, it's not for the person. They're not asking you to do that. Right. Right. And it's unethical in my opinion. And I, I think that uh, that's something that people have to have an understanding about. Right. And obviously, you know, they can say any, anyone can say anything. That's what I would say. Anyone can say anything unless it's validated. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's so true. And even a lot of the readings on there, I noticed they can't be validated because unless you bring the person on the screen, right, you're just looking at comments and comments. So it's very hard, you know, it's very hard. 
Yeah, because then we have, so we have a couple of different categories. We have like the psychic, I'm going to read into this famous person's aura, like I was referring to. Then we have, yes. uh, oh, Elvis has come to me and he has said this. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, can't validate it. Uh, it's especially um, hard when they're a public figure and then they're drawing upon things that are obviously publicly known or, or whatever. Yeah. There's all that. And then there's the people that are like, okay, a grandmother with a J name is trying to get a message through to you. And then like, you know, they get like a hundred thousand people going, it's mine, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, well, maybe it's not to say, of course, we know their grandmothers are with them. We know their loved ones were going to reach out. Of course, that's absolutely true. So I don't want to say like, oh, I don't, I don't want to take away these people's hope because that is the truth. They are with them. But at the same time, it is important that we're providing specific information for you to know, like this actually is your loved one saying this, you know, because that is important because how, how can it really have a meaning to you in the way that it's meant to without that? Yeah, absolutely. And then the credibility of the medium yes. and the integrity of the right. medium is huge. It is. It's, and, you know, because we don't have a, a governing board here in the United States, that is going to be up to the individual to make sure that they are doing the development, that they're bringing in the integrity, that they're working ethically, that they understand how to work with a grieving person and the responsibility that comes with calling yourself a psychic or a medium or both, right? Or a healer. If you're going to offer that title, if you're going to say, this is what I am, you have to walk the walk. You can't just say it. You know, it's a part of your life. It's a part of how you practice life. And, you know, when you work with the vulnerable, which is what we do, Mm -hmm. that is a huge responsibility. It is. And I have seen so many people have so many horror stories and it breaks my heart, you know, to see how people misuse and abuse their power by saying they're, you know, this kind of psychic or they're a medium, whatever. And all they do is they bring fear and distress for people And that is completely opposite of what we're trying to accomplish here with what we do. And when one person is out there doing this, it causes a ripple effect for everyone else, right? So it's not just about one person, even it's about the whole field. It's about what we do and as a whole and how we affect one another. It's it's so important. Yeah, so true. So true. Do you want to talk a little bit about your development and what that looked like? Sure. Yeah, I, um, I, again, I didn't know that I was technically going to go down this path. I really didn't. I used to joke around, you know, with my family and they'd be like, well, how did you know that? I'm like, I'm psychic, you know, but I was like half joking. I was like, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that that's true because there's certain things that happen. There's absolutely no way I should know these things. Right. But I used to say that. And there was a period in my time where I would say I was having a spiritual reawakening. And I was just searching. I was just like, you know, something is happening, but I don't know what's happening. And I, I just need help. And I was just like crying in my car before a tattoo appointment. I was singing the song called Oceans. It's a Christian song. Oh, yeah, uh, I love that. Spirit lead me where my feet, my feet uh, were my, the water. I don't know. <laughs> Should we just, should we just sing it? Cause we don't know the title. Lead me where my feet can be led. I don't know. Something in the water. So anyway, so it's a great song. I love that song. Anyway, so I was singing that and I was like crying out to spirit basically. And then two months later, they led me to a metaphysical store where I ended up getting a reading by a medium. And she's like, Hey, you should develop your mediumship. Like, Hey, you're a medium, like go to this development circle. So she handed me a flyer and it was a circle there at the store. That was the next night actually. And it was with medium Michael Mayo. And 
right. he went to study with all the UK mediums. So he studied under Gordon Smith and Eileen Davies and, you know, at the Arthur Friendly College. And, uh, you know, she's like, I think you're going to love him, blah, blah, blah. So I went and that that first night just literally changed my life. Like I sat in the power. There was like 20, 25 people there. I sat in the power and I just felt this like, whoosh, like the energy. I was just like, whoosh. I was like, holy crap. What was that? <laughs> I never really felt that before. And, uh, and then he had people demonstrating and he's like, does anyone else want to? And I found like my hand shooting up out of nowhere. I wasn't even my own thought. I swear to God, it was like an automatic <laughs> thing. And he had me come up. And he walked me through what to do. And I, you know, I was like, there's a man, I can feel his energy. I could, I was seeing this and I was like, so I was like giving information. I was like, holy crap. I did not realize that I could do. (laughs) So basically that night made me realize, you know, everything that had happened, there was a reason and there, it all made sense. Finally, I was like, finally, this makes sense. (laughs) So like, I just became very, very dedicated. Like I, I was just like, so in love just from that first night, you know, to, to do the work and to, to develop. And it was so exciting. So I would go every single Sunday to the circle. Uh, I loved the people. And then I started going to like other circles that were happening with him. And, and then I started developing for trans mediumship and trans healing. And then I went to Arthur Finley college. So it was, just, it was a lot of um, an intense few years of like just consistent, dedicated development, sitting in the power every single day. I just loved it. You know what I mean? I just, it was my thing. And, um, so that's pretty much how that went. (laughs) And I still love it. This is much even more, you know, and, um, more and more is being discovered and, um, yeah, unfolded. And, you know, I, I truly believe we don't ever stop developing. We're always learning. If you have the mindset that you can always learn something and you can always grow and you can keep developing and you don't know where that development will stop, you will develop, you will keep doing that. But it's like, if you put a, um, a ceiling at yourself or you go, Oh, I've, I've done, I'm, you know, I'm good. I can bring a name through. So I'm good now yes. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you, you never really give the potential that may be there within you to the spirit world to use. Right. We don't know. We, we know from past mediums of all the amazing, wonderful things that could potentially come, but there may even be more, there may even be more that they can do. And there's not a lot of people that are willing to actually sit and give the time and the dedication for the unfoldment to happen for years and years and years and years. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I just wish people could realize if they could just be patient, if they could just sit with the spirit world and realize how beautiful it is that there'd be so much more depth there in their mediumship and their connection and their connection to spirit in general. Yes. Oh, I totally believe that. And uh, I think a lot of the UK mediums do teach us to sit in the power and it's it's really common to America now I don't know as much before but now I I see a lot of teachers are teaching that but a lot of us have to not me I was very lucky but a lot of us mediums have to kiss a lot of frogs before we find our prince as in finding a good teacher but it seems like the spirit world it was like right there for you Yeah. I feel very lucky. Oh, I'm getting chills. I feel very lucky that I was led in the way that I was. And, you know, so that relationship with Michael, you know, developed over years and, you know, he became a best friend. We teach together um, at Oak Bridge Institute. And so that's something, our love and our passion for the spirit world and teaching people. I, you know, we both really want to provide a very good, well-rounded education and development for students. 
Um, because what I want to see is fantastic mediums in the world. I want to see people that have integrity. I want to see people that understand, you know, know how to follow the power. They understand the importance of what they're doing. And I, I want to help cultivate that. And to me, there's no competition in this work at all. It's all, we're on the same team. You know how many dead people there are? There's a lot. <laughs> you know, I say that all the time. There are so many dead, like, what are we fighting over? <laughs> Yeah, nothing. And it's the thing is like, people will be drawn to who they're meant to work with. And that yes. may be multiple people and maybe whoever, and, and it's, it. so what, let them be, you know? know. So um, I'm very passionate about that. And I just, I love my students. I, I love working and helping people have this understanding. I love when a student's like, oh, I've never had that experience before, you know, or like they were having a, a real hard time, you know, letting go or surrendering or whatever. And then all of a sudden they finally do, they, they hit that wall and they do. And it's just like this whole new world opens up for them. And it's just so cool. Was there a moment in your own development where you had that, where you just had this realization of this is how it really works? Yeah. Yeah. I would say after a couple years of developing, I finally realized, you know what? I have to stop caring what anyone else thinks of what I'm doing. And that helped so much because then it was like, it took off the rubber band that was around my energy to finally just open it up. And then to, you know, all sorts of incredible pieces of information were coming through at that point. I was like, cause it, you know, any tension, any kind of self-judgment, any kind of worry or of the outcome, any of that gets in the way of what happens in the reading. Cause it's all about energy. It's all about, you know, being in the moment and letting that come through. And so once I let all of that go and I let go of control and I let go of, um, any fear of, you know, getting a no or like what's, what's going to happen with it. Then, then it all took off. That's really great. Yes. I see that all the time. Whenever you get to the stage where you just don't care and you just like, I love that analogy of the rubber band. So true. And so um, what kind of teaching do you do? Is it in circles or is it classes, workshops? Yeah. All, technically all of it, um, but all, all, yeah, technically all of it, but we have a foundations course that I really love. Um, it's formulated to be all the things that are truly needed and are technically missing from a lot of people's development. So you can start from either knowing nothing or realizing there's things, pieces are missing in your development. And then we it's one levels one through three. So it's broken down to be progressive in the steps that are needed um, to kind of move through different things. And so, uh, it's really, really good. So we have the foundations and then we move into like other courses, uh, beyond that. And then I have a weekly circle. Um, I do offer workshops on occasion. I also do mentoring. So I kind of have a splattering of options. <laughs> That's really wonderful for people. And so what is your, what do you prefer the mental mediumship or you touched on trance yeah is there is there one area you prefer over the other I love trance mediumship I absolutely love trance mediumship um I love the normal mental mediumship too and technically they're both under the same umbrella but Mm -hmm. uh because I think the mental mediumship have it has its own special uh things that help other people right there's these these special um touching moments that can come through that really help open a door for another person to help them see that there is more than just this physical life beyond the fact that their loved one is still is okay right they're still with them and all of that so I love that 
And I think that's important, but I love trans mediumship probably more so selfishly for myself, <laughs> like to be honest, because, because of the closeness of the spirit, because of the potential, which can potentially manifest, you know, of um, what can happen. And, and it's, you know, it's been many years of developing that, but I have a, a circle and I sit for it, just like a private circle and just some cool things are developing. And um, I'm just grateful to come and sit with them and, you know, feel their closeness, feel their power, their love, and to be in harmony with other people in that sort of it's our home circle essentially um to have that I think it's just so special that's lovely and so not you personally but for anyone who's interested in sitting for trans what needs to be done for that and what can happen yeah okay <laughs> so um so let me first just say so for anyone that may not know trance is short for entrancement so it's not trans some I hear people some will say trans oh. if it's not it's not it's a, that's something different <laughs> but uh so it's but we fully support yeah, yes absolutely thousand percent uh trans mediumship is an entrancement so what it is is um a deeper level of letting go and surrender and blending with our spirit helpers now there's of course different kinds of trans so there are, you know, for most people, they're going to be more aware of trans philosophy, which is when a spirit guide comes through and speaks to them about the spirit world or things happening in this world or encouragement and that kind of thing. And that's what people are probably most familiar with, but there's also trans healing, which I also do where a healing guide comes through to blend, to bring through healing. Uh, there's trans art. There is trans communication where a loved one in the spirit world will come through directly to blend with the person and speak to them first person. Um, and then there's, uh, trans clairvoyance, which is when the spirit guide actually works as the in-between between, um, you know, they come through to blend, they're speaking directly through, but then they're acting as the medium. So they're saying, you know, Tommy's here and, you know, he's your uncle and he, he passed in 1956 or I don't know, whatever. So he, they're acting as the, the medium instead, which technically should be even more evidential, even more accurate uh, because of that. So there's all these different kinds of the trance states that can come in and with the trance states, there's varying levels as well. So there is the, you know, the lightest, lightest, which would be like what mental mediumship is. Right. And that can vary even in your connection, right? There you can get mannerisms. You can get sometimes, uh, you know, a voice even can slightly change or an accent can happen, or, uh, you can have, you know, inspirational speaking, and that would be another light, um, stage of trance. So as you're letting go and blending, you go into these deeper varying levels of the trance states. Now, most people are going to be somewhere in the light to medium places in their trance, um, until they've sat for probably longer, right. They've sat for, you know, years and years, and then they may go into a deeper medium to deeper levels of trance, uh, where different things can happen. So what can happen when you're sitting in these different levels in trance, you can have things like a voice may start to change. You may have a different accent. You may have, if they speak, let's just say, if they speak, then you may start to have things like that. Or, uh, your face may like my, my, when I sit, a lot of times my face completely changes depending on who's coming in to blend with me. Um, and then, you know, your, your hands, your posture, everything may completely change as more and more of them is able to be held and less and less of you, you start to go away more. Your consciousness starts to really become 
uh, almost like a slight observer, but further away and more of their consciousness is really getting hold over your whole body and, and what's going on. If they want to move you, they can, it, and it, it almost feels like, um, like you have something wrapped around parts of your body and they just feel light all of a sudden and your head may move or whatever may move. And it's not scary and, and they're not possessing you. Um, it's not, um, it's not like in ghost where they jump into your, her body and like she has no control. This requires a level of trust and freedom and surrender that the medium is in on. <laughs> like it doesn't just happen to you, you know, it, you have to be a part of it. So, um, so like I said, speaking can happen um, and that can happen in various ways. It can be that you may start to hear a sentence or a phrase that you need to then choose to say and to move with energy just like you would in normal mental mediumship. That can be an initial stage of what comes through. You may sit for deeper levels of trance where it becomes automatic. It becomes, it just, they start to use your voice box to create things. And trance is the first uh, part of what may start to develop if you do tend to go toward the physical mediumship realm. If you have within you the kind of potential that's there that they can utilize for any sort of physical mediumship, then there's a possibility after, you know, years of development that they may start to do certain sorts of physical things in the room that everyone can observe. Right. So, um, you know, wraps on the wall or, you know, there's things like levitation or there's, you know, things that they use the ectoplasm that comes out of the medium to create different things, or they may use some other kind of energy source. Uh, it just kind of depends. But uh, the, that's a potential, you know, down the road for people that develop trance for many years, if you're, if you're a physical medium. Right. So when you yeah. say if you're a physical medium, yeah. so um, for trans mediumship and then leading into physical, do you have to have that within your DNA or can anybody develop both of those? So it depends. So that's what I'm saying. It depends on the source of what they use. If they are working with ectoplasmic energy, right? If they're using that for the medium, then it does seem to be that the medium has to have that present within them. If, for example, they're doing something like they did with the Skull Project, which is S-C-O-L-E for anyone that wants to look it up, there's a documentary about it. They used a different source of like a plasma energy and they used, they were able to build it up from the group energy. So it wasn't just coming out of one medium per se. And all of them, you know, they did go into trance and things like that, but all of them were aware. When a physical medium sits, they're typically um, so deep in a trance that they're not aware of what's going on in the room. Only the people that are sitting for them will be aware of the activity that's going on. So it just kind of depends. And, it, and that's where I think that the more we experiment with the spirit world and sit with the spirit world and give them the time, then they may be able to utilize new ways of working with us, right? Like the way they did with them or, uh, you know, who knows, who knows what, you know? Yeah. I mean, as you say, take off that ceiling and, and see where you end up. Right. So how often do people need to sit in a yeah. circle with other people? Yes. So if you are, okay, it, it kind of depends. So if you're able to be in a home circle where you have a group of people of like mind that have a true love and desire for the spirit world to develop and all of that, then once a week, home circle sitting is fabulous, you know, to have, because that power becomes stronger with the group of people and you will develop, you know, beautifully through that love, that, that source of that power. Um, if you are sitting on your own, um, it's really good to at least sit for 
least four days a week, you know, if you can sit every day and you have that time and you love to sit and you, you know, you're not doing it as a chore, then I would suggest every day, you know, because that is our time to sort of learn to quiet our mind and just to sit and to have that connection and truly sitting in the power is not just about that, but it's also, um, helping you in your development with learning how to quiet the mind, to feel the energy, to have all that. That's all like a precursor to what we do in actual mediumship. So it's like training your awareness and training your mind to learn to do those sorts of things and become less reactive to learn how to just notice, let go and, you know, just kind of be in it. Um, and that's all part of it too. So whenever you have students, do you, can you tell who's a regular sitter in the power and who's not? Yes. Uh, because, and that, and not to say that, you know, if, if you don't, that you're naughty and you get out of here or anything like that, but <laughs> it's just that there is a difference because what happens is when you sit regularly, you build up a power, you build up an energy and that's felt that can be experienced by other people, especially people like me that can, you know, that we feel into the energy. We can feel what's going on. The energy tells you something, you know, you, when I, when I'm working with a student, I can feel when they've gone into their head or when they're trying or reaching or when they're holding or they're whatever, because I can feel it through the energy. I can feel what's happening if there's a flow versus not. And when the power increases and when it, when it doesn't. So all of that is telling me something. And it's the same for when someone's sitting in the power, when someone's sitting in the power, when they've really let go, when they're really just surrendered, there's a power, there's a shift that happens in the energetic field. And so there absolutely is a change with that. Um, when someone is in their mind, it just doesn't happen the same way. And again, that's, you know, I'm not saying you're bad or naughty. <laughs> it just would saying, this is where you're currently at, right? This is your current level of surrender, your current level of mind activity. And that's just something you're working on as you are sitting more consistently, as you do sit more consistently, that will become less and less because again, you're training your awareness. This is not something that your thinking active mind loves because it wants to be busy. It's used to being in charge. It wants to constantly do something. That's its job. So for people that first start sitting, yes, you're going to have your mind trying to convince you that, no, I have all these other things to do. I don't want to sit. And you almost get this like, ah, feeling because it's uncomfortable to have to just sit there and be, but it actually becomes this beautiful, beautiful thing that you learn to love and realize I need this in my life. You know what I mean? Like we need that quiet. We need that time to just be still and be present um, because we're just so busy in this life. And mediumship is the complete opposite of everything we learn in the life that we're, you know, we're used to being the one that has to go out and do everything. And if it doesn't, if we don't do that, nothing gets done and, and all of that. And so we have to learn how to realize mediumship is the opposite. And to see if I actually do less, if I actually just sit here and I'm aware I'm attuned properly, all I have to do is say what I'm aware of. That's all I really have to do is to trust it, say what I'm aware of. And it's really just that simple. Oh, I love that. I love that. And then, um, that's how Eileen Davies teaches yeah, quite a bit. She's one of just... my mentors as well. Yeah. Oh, is she? Uh -huh. Oh, he's one of mine too. Yeah. I absolutely love her. Yeah. So she just really, you just become aware of the information. Don't search for it. Exactly. And that, yep. I just love that. Beautiful. I love Eileen. So I can, so, I can write a love letter to her in this. <laughs> She's just, I just love her. Like anytime I'm ever getting a chance to be around her, like whenever I go to Arthur Finley College, it's always to be with her or like she's come here. We had her come here and do a workshop a couple of years ago before COVID. Um, she's just so great. I just love her. 
Yeah, I do too. She just brings a reverence as well to the yeah. spirit world, which you don't often see nowadays. You know, yeah. it feels old world and old school. Yeah. Um, so you just mentioned about life and being busy. And so how do you manage the balance? Well, because I know you're a mom, right? Do you have, do you have I, two kids? I, I do have two kids. Yeah. Yes, I'm a mom and I have, you know, all these different avenues of my, what I do with my work and it's, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to focus on my health and make sure I'm exercising and I'm doing all the, it's not easy. I, I have to say, and I know balance is what we're trying to maintain just in general, but it's a matter of, um, I would say making sure you don't get burnt out. Right. So like being able to go, okay this is out of whack or this is whatever happening or, or I'm having an emotional, whatever, like I have to deal with it. So it's important that you're dealing with whatever is becoming aware to you in your life. So if you're having things that you realize, Hey, I need to make adjustments in any way, shape or form, you need to do it because it's going to affect your mediumship. It's going to affect your life in general. Right. Um, but it's so important for people to know that our personal lives, what we deal with within ourselves and within our space of our life does have an impact on what we do with our mediumship. And so it's a matter of just trying to juggle and keep that balance, be honest with yourself and to realize, okay, maybe this isn't working right now. Maybe I have to do this instead and to be flexible, right? Again, just like within our mediumship, we have to learn to be very flexible and to follow along. And I, I just find the same principles that we learn in mediumship, we can apply to like everything else in our life. And it's so helpful. Yes, I totally agree. That's great advice. I'll take it myself. <laughs> <laughs> for sometimes, uh, for me, sometimes it's just learning to say no and being okay with the no, uh-huh. you know, exactly. instead of overextending yourself. But um, talking about being busy, so you have some exciting things coming up, right? That are going to make you busy. I do. I'm very excited. Um, so um, medium Michael Mayo, medium Joshua John and myself are doing a West Coast tour. And so, you know, I haven't been in person with people since before COVID. And I'm really? so excited. Actually, it's so funny because the very first place we're going to do our first demonstration is the last place I did a, my last demonstration uh, right before COVID. So I'm like, oh, it's so funny how that worked out. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so we're going to be going around doing um, live mediumship demonstrations and we're going to be doing workshops. So uh, you get three of us uh, teaching and doing doing the connections for people that are there. So we're going to be in Orange County, California. We're going to be in Encinitas. We're going to be in Pasadena. Then we're going to go to San, wait, we're going to go to San Francisco. Yeah. After that. And then Portland, Oregon. So we're going to all these different places and it will be starting mid June. And uh, you can register or get tickets for that at oakbridgeinstitute.org slash events. Um, and it's very exciting. I can't wait. I cannot wait to meet people. I can't wait to get to do this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just elated. That is so exciting. Yeah. And I wish I was clear because I would go, but hopefully you'll come to the East coast one day and do a big tour. Yeah. We're hoping to maybe next year. That's our hope. Um, I know there's other people that are asking us to do the same, and we'll see, I would love to get a chance to go to like Lilydale and go to, you know, go to some places like that. And I, you know, I love, um, while I may not technically be a spiritualist in the church sense, I am a spiritualist. You know what I mean? I'm just not a, I'm not a churchy gal. <laughs> 
But I bet you live by the principles in your everyday oh, I do. life. I absolutely do. Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, I've served for the spiritualist churches I've done, you know, I've done a uh, platform and, um, and I love it. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just sort of a rebel. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay too. You know, you're still doing the good work out here, but so just tell me then, do you, is Zoom going away? Is development on oh, no, Zoom no, going no. away? No, 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 no. This is just an added thing. This is an added thing. And our hope also with Oakbridge is to have a physical location at one point, like Arthur Finley College, but here on the West Coast of California, uh, where people can stay and do like an intensive for a week and, you know, have food. And because that experience is special, you know, and I'm, I love Arthur Finley College and I, you know, it's just, it's such a beautiful place. It there's an energy there. There's, you know, it's, so it's not a, it's not a this or that it's a, this and a that, that we're hoping, (laughs) you know, as an option for people. So, but we'll always have the online option because then people from all over the world can be a part of it. That's great. And so your readings, and I know you do trans healings, all of that can be done online. Yes. All through zoom. Uh, The really cool thing about healing is that and mediumship is that you don't have to be in person obviously with with them for that energy to go where it's needed and so um that's been very cool to have as an experience and yeah I I work with people all over the world and you know they're so great I literally am so grateful for all of the clients that come to me all the students I have the best like literally have the best clients the best students I'm just so grateful that's really really lovely and so where can they find you? Is that through Oak Bridge or do you have your own? Yeah, I have my own center? website for uh, booking any kind of appointments with me. Uh, that's at meganalisamedium.com. And you can only book with me through the website. So just be careful because there's a lot of scammers out there. Um, yes. No medium will ever DM you and say, you know, any weird thing about being drawn to you or that's just nonsense. So just be careful. Um, and then I teach the school is through oakbridgeinstitute.org. And, um, and then I do mentoring outside of the school. So if, you know, if that is something someone's interested in, I actually am going to be offering a few more spots. So it's very, very limited right now, but starting, I believe in August, I'm going to be offering a couple more spots. Oh, fantastic. And I will put all of those in the show notes so people can go and find you and they can go and buy tickets. And we have not heard the last of you. You will be around. I have a feeling. (laughs) I mean, I I hope so. (laughs) Who knows? You never know when I'm going to join the other side, but you know. uh, No, 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 no. I mean, it's it's that I knew her when. (laughs) Yeah, you're so funny. You're so funny. No, I love I. I am again, very grateful for all of this, all, all like you, I'm grateful for all the people that, you know, can use something out of what I'm teaching or what I'm giving here. I wanted to take all the things that I paid thousands and thousands of dollars to learn and to just be like, here guys, here, here's some information because I, I know it's helpful. I know it's real, you know? And, um, yeah, I just, I love the spirit world. I just do. And I sound like a complete, well, I'm sure idiot. they're very proud of you. No doubt. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure. I appreciate it.